0: scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through 16. I'll be reading from the NSB. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men know the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritually appraised, all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. N.A.S.B., 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9
1: through 16. Thank you, Jim. appreciate that reading. If you're a visitor, we're glad to have you. Hope that you'll come back at every opportunity. We're studying 1 Corinthians. We are looking at many things right now. I want to thank you for your encouraging comments. Thank you for your kind words. We love and appreciate you. We had this week an interesting week. We have Veterans Day. Before we take that a little further, let's take a songbook and turn to number 839. My songbook didn't make the cut. 839. Someone last week said it's not on the screen. No, it's not. Like last week, I changed songs. So... You never know what I'm going to do. I'm like a cross-eyed javelin thrower. Keep the crowd alert. <laughs> never know. Then again, I'll decide when I get up here. Might lead a song, might not, might pray. 839. What a
2: song of delight in the city so bright. We'll be wafted neath heaven's fair door. How the ransom will raise happy songs in his praise When all of God's singers get home When all of God's singers get home never a sorrow will come There'll be no place like home When all of God's singers get home as we sing here on earth song of sadness or mirth Tis the foretaste of rapture to come But our joy can't compare With the glory up there When all of God's singers get home When all of God's singers get home Whenever a sorrow will come There'll be no place like home When all of God's singers get home. Having overcome sin. Hallelujah. Amen. will be heard in that land or the foam. Every heart will be light. And each face will be bright. When all of God's singers get home. When all of God's singers get home. Whenever a sorrow will come. There'll be no place like home when all of God's singers get home.
1: Thank you. It was July 28, 1914. The Austrian-Hungary declared war on Serbia because of an assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand in Sarajevo. Three years later, the United States entered the war to end all wars. Before they were done, there were 9 million dead soldiers, 21 million wounded, with Germany, Russia, Austria, Hungary, France, Great Britain, each losing nearly a million apiece. The United States mobilized more than 2 million soldiers, 117,000 of which drew their last breath on foreign soil. It was the 11th hour, of the 11th day of 1918, 104 years ago this month, that the Great War ended. The war to end all wars. You see how well that worked out. We are blessed by God to live on the greatest country on God's green earth, because God has blessed us, but giving us this, but it is the soldier, the veteran, Some who gave the ultimate sacrifice, others who gave in different ways, is why we are free. Freedom is paid in blood. It's not just given us by God. It took men, women, boys, and girls to fight for it. Arlington National Cemetery, like Pearl Harbor, is a place where it is very sacred ground. We'll talk about that story again, how that became that way. It didn't start out that way. But our freedom in Christ is paid for in blood. We are free... From the guilt and the pain of our sin, as Romans 8 teaches, we are free from the law of sin and death, which means I sin, I die. But God didn't want that. In that context, we're free because Christ paid with his blood and his life. And in this commentary, we see 624 acres of why we are free. We stand on their shoulders. We owe them a debt. We owe a debt to all our veterans but especially those who gave their lives so that we might be free. I have TV at my house. You know, I know you do, right? I turn it on and watch TV preachers sometimes and just happen to catch this week a sham. I know that's shocking, a sham of a TV preacher, right? And he said, I'm not going to tell you his name. You know probably who he is. If you send me money, I'll send you miracle spring water. And one man sent me some money, he got $16,000, and another lady got $40,000, and he's really peddling that. It matters what we believe. We'll see in Corinthians that the Corinthians have become Christians by Paul's working there, but somehow, as a Christian, they fall entrapped to what Paul calls quote unquote super apostles who are not apostles. And so they believe all kinds of unusual things. We live in a digital age. Information comes to us faster than we can process it. You can Google anything with your phone right now or on a mouse. You can be positive, but sometimes we're not sure all that information is helpful. Maybe we don't need to know all those things, or they're not always good. In fact, there's a fine line between fact and opinion and journalism that's blurred or maybe not extinct. Not a search for truth, but a search for ratings. Get the highest numbers, which sells a lot of advertisement. But people are afraid. People are motivated to be filled because of everything they see and hear right now with fear and anxiety and worry, and they're scared. Check this out the only truth we need to know is Jesus Christ paid his life for our sins. You can check the sources. God already knows the future. Man can't stop God or his plans. We're talking about the mind of God today. In times of fear, God can give us comfort. In times of anxiety, God can give us peace. In times of uncertainty, God is certain and clear. John 14, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but as I give. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Christmas, Christmas music has started. You listen to the good stations, right? Trying to win that $1,000, I know. But it puts us in a better mood. We hear that, we think about that, and it's, oh, that's great. You know, maybe as we drive, we drive better. Maybe we're more courteous. Oh, yeah, go ahead and cut in front of me, even though it's, you know, anyway. you know we, we do that. What we put in our mind affects what we do. The biblical principle of reaping and sowing. If we put the words of God into our mind, it will help us be better people. That's the basic principle of what they're talking about. But in that context, we need to learn and we can learn the mind of God. As we talk about the mind of God, have you thought about it started before the creation of the world in the mind of God? He created the world and then he began to reveal his world word through some 40 men. And he revealed it to them, and it was in their minds, and they wrote it down through the Holy Spirit. And now someone has printed in the printing press, and we buy a Bible, or we hear it, and we listen to it, or we read it, and now it's in our minds, and it started in the mind of God. This is how we know the mind of God. Doesn't it come in a magical, mystical way. We studied in class, and even the Apostle Paul, at that time saw Saw Jesus Christ, but Jesus said, go to Damascus, and it will be told you what you must do. God used a human being to tell Saul what he needed to do. Surely Jesus knew what he needed to do. But it's God's plan for human beings to tell other human beings. And the real battle in this world is not in the Ukraine. It's not in Washington. It's not the north and the south. It's the renewing of our mind. It's in the mind that the real battle is taking place. I wrote this earlier this week, and by the date and the time, you may have seen it on Facebook. Election Day, November 8th, 2022, 3.30 p.m. Arizona time. I voted. I've not heard any results, but let me say I do have some strong ideas about who I hope who wins. Businesses have a plan. Businesses have plans. If so-and-so wins, they'll do this. If their opponent wins, we'll do this. You see, they're thinking through the business that no matter who wins, we're going to stay in business. What about Christians? Do we have a plan? Do we have a plan? What will we do if our candidate wins? Do we have a plan to be a Christian if our candidate loses? Let's not get angry if God if the world doesn't do what we want it to do. We love and appreciate you. Now, wherever you voted, and I hope you did, whatever you feel about the election, do we have a plan to still serve God? To still be a Christian? But which is more important? And I mentioned last week about how many thousands of decisions we make. Well, because we had a lecture and we probably felt like you had more this week, right? But in that context, where is our faith? This is from the Old Testament, from Isaiah 31.1. And this is not once, but over and over and over again. The people of God, the Jewish nation... When they got in trouble, they turned to man. And in this case, in Isaiah, they turned to Egypt. Here's an army coming down on them. They don't turn to God. They turn to man. And God is rebuking them. Not once, over and over again. If we don't need God, our religion is a luxury. It's not a necessity. If we think, I don't need to come to church. I don't need to come to Bible class. Our religion is a luxury. If you understand the truth that we need God more than we can comprehend, then we're going down the right path to get the mind of God. Because the mind of God is faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. The God will love you even if you hate him. Now that's something to think through. Even if you curse his name every day, spit on the ground on him, he loves you. Now it doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven just because he loves you. But this is real love. And so our hope for our nation, our hope for this church, our hope for you and for me is to seek the Lord with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. We talk about four fingers. We'll talk about that later. And we need to seek God with all of our heart. How often do you eat? I like to eat. This time of year, people talk about how much weight they gain, right? How often do you spiritually eat? To know the mind of God... We must learn what God said. Again, God has put, started in his mind, written it down for us to read. But in the, we took last week, we talked about as we closed, we cannot really understand how good God has plans for us. And your concept of God is very crucial in this. For you to believe, do you believe God is out to get you? Do you believe God is out looking for people just to throw into hell and just say, well, I'm done with you. I can't wait to get you into hell. Or do you understand the biblical mind and the biblical truth of God that God is willing and wants us to go to heaven? He's willing to pay the price for our sins and the sins of the whole world. Not just us, but the sins of the whole world. I told you our kids are coming for Thanksgiving. And Carter, years ago, when he's about three kids. Uh, At that time, we'd moved, and we got rid of, you know, all the stuff we got rid of, now I want, right? I got rid of all those albums I wish I'd kept. Uh, You know, live and learn, right? Uh, Well, we got rid of all our our old VHS tapes and our old VCR. And they came back, and Karen said, you know, we ought to get some of those old family movies. Okay, so I go to Goodwill. I buy a VHS player for $2.50. I buy Disney movies and others at that time, the old ones. Because I was senior, I got them for 75 cents a piece. Felt very proud of myself in that case. I, I had a great week this week. I'd go to buy some stuff for the church and went to Staples. And, the, you know, and are you a veteran? No, I'm not. He, he said, are you a son of a veteran? I thought, well, I've never heard that one before. I said, well, actually, yes, I am. My father served in World War II. And we had a great conversation with the, the checkout guy and I. And he gave me, the church, a 20% discount because my father was a veteran. I said, well, thank you. But anyway, back to Carter. We would buy these VHS tapes and put the VHS tape in our bedroom. And Carter would love to sit in our bed and watch a movie. He thought that was the greatest thing in the world. I thought, man, you have no idea what we have planned for you. But at that time and that day, that was great. That's us and God. We cannot comprehend how many good things God has planned for us. Of course, that's what this verse is saying. As we closed last week, I is not seen or ear heard or mind conceived of what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, heaven is included in this, but that's not the point. Heaven's part of it. He's talking about right now in this life. Because people take the Bible and go, you know, God doesn't want us to have any fun. And God really, you know, God wants us to have the abundant life. You know, I'm with the mindset, Christmas coming up, and I'll start putting things. I don't need the directions. You know, I've got an education, and after about four hours, do I still have the directions? Because part C doesn't fit into part G as I thought it would. This is life instructions. This is the instructions from God on how to have the abundant life. But again, to know the mind of God is what we're talking about today. But to get this point about God is on our side and God wants us to have the best life possible and how can we know the mind of God, let's take for just a moment this part and look at heaven. God has prepared a place that he wants people to live with him forever. It started in the Garden of Eden. God prepared a beautiful place. Before any sin, before any death, before any sickness, there's Adam and Eve. Here's the plan of God. Now, here's the plan of Satan. He comes and he twists the word of God and he, gets, he talks Adam and Eve out of paradise. And sin and death and sickness and all that comes into the world is what Satan does to Adam and Eve and they fall. But God, in spite of that, has prepared by sending his son Christ, his son Jesus, the Christ, to pay for our sins. Sin separates from God. But God's plan is, I don't want that. I want to have a relationship with them so that there's nothing between us. So I've got to pay for their sins. And to live with him forever in heaven is the mind and the plan of God. And He's worked that plan so that we can be with Him forever. To see the mind of God is to see God's desire and God's long and God's long term plan for us to live with Him forever. A few photos consider this, that God's mind is the cross of Jesus Christ. He thought through, knew what it would take to pay for our sins and the sins of the whole world. See, God is more willing to forgive than we are. And you think about this truth. God wants every human being to go to heaven. Now, we have free choice, freedom to choose. But in God's plan, God's plan is the cross of Jesus Christ. See, for three days it looked bad that Sunday came. It looked like evil one, but God brought Jesus Christ out of the grave. The Father raised the Son to life and the promise that we too will be raised from the dead. That there is life beyond this world. That we will live forever. But we can see the plan of God in plan from the Old Testament where they sinned all the way to the cross and all the way to sending that message to the whole world that anyone can come for forgiveness of sin. You see, we think we're in the land of the living going to the land of the dying. No. We're in the land of the dying going to the land of the living. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Another lesson for another day. The resurrection was the key message of the first century church. That there is a day we will all be raised from the dead. The message of Acts. That Jesus won the victory over sin and death. You will be raised and I will be raised. I got an old directory. I was cleaning my office and I found, I know that's a shock. We'll get to that in a minute. I know where the stuff is, okay? We got there and in that context I found an old directory. I thought, well, they've died and passed on. And they've died. But they're not gone. They're alive in the next world. In this context, back up one if you would. In this context, the truth is there is a resurrection. This is the mind of God. Yes, death has come into the world because of what Satan tried to do to Adam and Eve and they fell. But God has provided a way of victory over that. And these are the truths that we see for the resurrection. And the artist's view of what happens when we die is seen in our slide now. Uh, uh, some artist's conception. It's got to be better than this. We pass through death's door. We get a new body. We meet Jesus Christ himself. These are eternal truths that will happen to every person who's ready to meet the Christ. We will live after we die. Interesting artist conception. A new body. Or we're talking about the mind of God. We think about what heaven is like. The first minute in heaven. Can you imagine what that would be like? Here's an artist's image of what the first image of heaven is going to be like as we cross into that first scene. A reunion. A great joy. Great excitement. Great rejoicing. It is real. Here is the mind of God as we talk about heaven. This is what God has prepared for those who love him. That we will live forever. I've done it before. I've done it too many times. I've done it before. Say, okay, look at the person behind you, the person in front of you. The person you've just seen will live forever. This is the mind of God. I want you to be with me forever. And in that context, this is what God has prepared for his people. We can look ahead and see the mind of God in heaven. We can look back in the Bible and see how God worked for thousands of years that at just the right time Jesus was born under the law of a virgin and at the right time at the Passover time which God started the Passover thousands of years before the Lamb of God gave his life for the sins of the world. Here we see the mind of God and he does great work. He's preparing the world for Christ. So the question is, will we trust him in this life? We see the past. We see the future. So will we take the word of God and trust his word for how to live our life and what to do? For here is the mind of God in written form. Will we trust him? What well, we do, as he told Joshua, to study this book, meditate upon it, think about it, say, what does that mean? What does God want me to do? What is God commanding me to do? What direction does he want me to live? And so God is more willing to save sinners than we're willing to save. God's plan is forgiveness. We look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 10. We have our spirit and God's Holy Spirit in our reading. And the people of this world, if they look at the Word, Paul says, they don't see it because they don't have the Spirit of God. But in this context, we see God wants us to be in a relationship with Him. Look at verse 12 and 13 of our reading of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, or writes, we have not received the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit of who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. This is what Paul is writing to Corinthian church. We have God's Holy Spirit as the church that helps us with reading and understanding His Word. This is the mind of God as well. He gives us his word, but he wants to help us understand his word and obey his word. Now, while we're there, look at verse 14 and 15. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they're not spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to man's judgment. Now let's go back to verses 1 to 5 of chapter 2. You have many times read Paul's letters, Paul's books. We always have an image, an idea of what Paul looks like or what he appears to. And Paul writes in this chapter, we didn't read it in the reading, and other books, 2 Corinthians he describes clearly 2 Corinthians 10.10. 10. Well, his letters are powerful and forceful, but his appearance is not impressive. Listen how Paul describes himself. See, we judge all kinds of things. We look at this person, that person, and think about, you know, well, this is spiritual, that's not. Look at how Paul was when he came to Corinth. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with experience. Eloquence or superior wisdom, as I proclaim you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He had one sermon, one sermon, and started a church. I came to you in weakness and fear, with much trembling. My message was, my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit spirit's power, which so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom but on God's power. We live in a time because of COVID and all the other things that many people fear, weakness and fear and much trembling. Well, you're right in the same pocket, the same pocket, the same place as the Apostle Paul. So you're in good company. That doesn't mean there's something spiritually wrong with you. When Paul came to Corinth, he was in... This is how he felt. Maybe that's a reflection of what's happening in our world that we feel this way. Our mortality wakes us up. But he says, I want to go... And share with you with God's power, not man's wisdom. And that's really the key about when we look at this book and follow it. Because we want God's power and God's wisdom. Or do we want man's wisdom? Verse 16, Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. And we'll talk more about that. To know the mind of Christ is not the same as knowing the world. We had, a, we had an election this week. And the red Republican state of Montana, well, let me back up. Virginia's governor sometime ago, is not governor now, who was a doctor, said that, you know, if you have a baby and you don't want it, you can leave it on the table to die. He was a doctor. This week, Montana, in the election, passed a law, if you have a baby and you don't want it, you can leave it legally on the table to die. Just because it's legal doesn't make it moral. It is legal for you or I tonight to get drunk. It's not moral. It's legal. You say, well, you know, I, I could go down, or you could go down, or I don't suggest this, you could go down to the strip club and spend your evening. It's legal, but it's not moral. If you're single, you could sleep with a dozen people. It's legal, but it's not moral. We've got to stop getting our values from the world, from Washington, from the people around us. And what does God's mind say? In First Thessalonians chapter 4, Eight times in five verses, Paul talks about purity. And he talks about because we know God. And don't be like the Gentiles who do not know God. And he goes on to describe purity eight times mentioning God. God is the values and the reason people are pure. Oprah invited people to come on the show for a discussion about young people and sex. And a preacher from the Church of Christ was invited. And as they do, the producers called him up and said, what are you going to say? And he said, Well, I'm going to talk about abstinence. They called back a couple of days later and said, Well, we're not going to have you. Oprah doesn't believe in abstinence, so we're not going to have you on. The question is, where do we get our values from? Do we get them from the world or from the mind of God? When God says this and the world says something else, who do we follow? Who we surrender to? Will we study God's word for instructions about this life and meditate on them and then obey? What will we do? We've seen the mind of God. I'm talking to the church now. And again, it's a plea also for anyone, but to the church... We've talked about heaven, what God has provided for us in taking care of our sins so we can live forever with Him. We've talked about God's mind in the past by seeing how man sinned and God prepared a way for him to have his sins paid for and washed in the blood of Christ. And now as we live every day will we take God's words to learn His mind. Sometimes we're a lot like teenagers, you know. You ever see, we had four. You ever have teenagers that would argue with each other about, well, this is what mom and dad would say, and they're not even close. You know They know what mom and dad are like. No, they don't. No, they don't. We're talking about the mind of God. Let me show you the mind of Keith and Karen for a little bit. We enjoy our grandkids. As I told you, Karen had one of the grandkids over. She taught them how to cook some things. It was wonderful. We even posted pictures. and That's been some time ago. And after that day, we cannot find the rolling pin. I don't know. You know, this happens sometimes The grandkids come to the house. But this is unusual, you know. We broke down and bought a new one this week. I, you know, it may turn up. It probably went to the trash. I don't know the mind of Keith. Well, I take care of the finances. I put the check registers in a certain place. And they were piling up this time of year. There's seven of them now, you know, for the year. And so that's kind of too high. And so I moved it to a safer place. And I remember feeling great. That was a good place. I cannot find them. <laughs> I, I've torn. And that's told you I cleaned my office. I went through everything. Now it's time to clean other things in our bedroom because I don't know where they're at. I pray. I've got a week before the check comes to time to reconcile, you know. But I don't know that I'm going to find them. But I felt so good about putting them in a safe place. Sharon put them as a safe place? I can't remember where it's at. But we're talking about the might of God today. God who loves us, God who died for us, God who's on our side, can we trust Him? Will we trust Him with our life? What about when we disagree with God's Word? Will we listen to Him or us? In Grief Share, we talk about four fingers. Yeah, it's a wastebasket. We have a mind, we have a soul, we have emotions, we have a body. I talk about that here sometimes too. And they're all tied together. And again, I use this describing, before I had one of my five knee surgeries, my body was in pain, anxiety was high. Ah, I thought about this principle. And a member here said, we got a hot tub at my apartment. I went and sat in the hot tub, and I was able to relax my body, which helped my stress. They're tied together. Our emotional bucket is full in grief, and it's overflowing. And we have a mind, a soul, emotions, and a body. And when our emotional bucket's overflowing, that sometimes we are worried, anxious, feared. Emotions are at the top of our feelings. And that was really different for me as a guy, right? And so what we're saying here is, to the church, we're living under grace. We're living under the mercy and the grace of God, which God took Christ and let him be a sacrifice for us. And he imputed our sins on Christ. He credited our sins to Christ's account. He transferred our sins to Christ and transfers, imputes, gives us Christ's righteousness. It's the only way anybody can become righteous. Only way. You can't work it. You can't be good enough. You can't have enough potlucks, Lord's Supper, lead enough songs, preach enough sermons. You cannot earn your way to heaven. God's mind works in this and works very well. Think about the mind of God to conceive this and to put it into action and it works great. So as we sit here today, no matter how you feel, if you're in Christ and you're right with God, all of your sins, although we're sinners, are being imputed to Christ. And all his righteousness is being imputed to us. When in grief, our emotions are high. But what if that says is this. Your feelings, my feelings, are not the judge of my salvation. Job had some pretty strong feelings. Elijah had some pretty strong feelings. But they were just right with God. We know Elijah went to heaven. You see, what I'm saying is this. Some people feel great and they're on a path to hell. Some people feel worried and fearful and scared. We saw about the Apostle Paul. And they're on their other way to heaven. Our feelings do not determine our salvation. The blood of Christ and God's plan to impute our sins to Christ and to give us his righteousness is the basis and the bedrock of the mind of God and the plan that God has to save the world from sin. And it works well. Do you believe it? That's what you obeyed when you became a Christian. When you heard the word of God, you believe it, you repented, confessed your sins, confessed Christ and were baptized into Christ, you are brought into union with Christ. Your sins were transferred to him, and he gave you his righteousness and a path and a direction to walk. You've done very well. The lesson is yours, and the application that we're really making is, how much do we trust God? Do we want to know the mind of God that loved us and wants us to go to heaven, that provided for us while we're in our mother's womb? That understands if we're in grief and our emotional buckets overflowing. But our salvation doesn't rest on what's happening to us, it rests on the death and the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and God's plan to make us righteous. Have you surrendered to Christ in baptism? It's the only way we'll get to heaven. We passed a lot of people this morning walk, taking a walk, going fishing. They're not lost because they're taking a walk or going fishing, they're lost because they don't have that relationship with Christ. Do you have Christ? Have you been baptized? Have you walked away from the Lord? If you need to come in a public way, please come as we stand and sing.